The Ozone. Welcome to The Ozone Podcast, presented by ViStar Credit Union, featuring Jaguar senior writer John Hosier and executive producer Dave DeCandis. This week's guest, I think, is somebody the Jaguars fans know by name. They know him by sight on the field. And he's done some interviews, some media, but I'm not sure people know him that well. And hopefully today we'll get a chance to get to know a little better. An interesting guy, a guy who's turned into a leader on the Jaguars, and a guy who's turned into a good football player with a changing role over the years. It's Jaguar safety, Jared Wilson. And Jared, first, I appreciate you joining us. Second, this has been a difficult offseason on many fronts, unusual, but personally, I want to talk to you about complete season last year and now dealing with all the stuff that you've dealt with this year. How has that been different and how have you handled it? I suppose the last year, you know, I played every snap, so I was out there sure. every single play. So this year I kind of went down with a hamstring injury that I was battling through and uh, definitely I'm on I'm on the upside of that with my rehab. was able to finish the game last week. And uh, just trying to build off that personally. But uh, just still seeking win, man. Just trying to seek a win. We dropped seven straight. So trying to find a way to get a win and stay healthy through the whole thing. You mentioned that as well. Uh, one in seven. It, it's a young team. I know you've been asked about this when you've met the media some. How is it handling it? What's your vibe right now in terms of how it feels going forward? I know this is never easy. Yeah, it's it's definitely tough, but I think this, the guy's spirit in the locker room is uh, definitely just eager, man. You know, we're, we we were really close on Sunday to winning the game, so we're getting there. we got to turn that corner and just definitely get a dub and come out with a victory at the end of the day. There's no more victories. So just continue to just uh, kind of just chip away at it, man. we got to find a way to get a win, no matter the age group of the team or whatnot. I mean, guys are here to play football and do it professionally, so – can't really make too many excuses about it. You're obviously the veteran leader, which, you know, you're not an old guy, but for the secondary, you're an old guy. But uh, And fans and media always talk about that. Well, the veteran's going to help the younger guys. And when you guys talk about it, sometimes you talk in cliches. It's hard. Tell me exactly what you can do for younger players, like a C.J. Henderson, the guys around you. Is there anything that you do – during the game, during the week, to help and lead? How does that really occur for the fan who isn't inside the uh, meeting room with you guys? Mainly it's just communication. That's what I feel like in my opinion. Um, I wouldn't say I'm the most vocal person, but when I do communicate, I think I'm very clear and sound. So especially with a younger guy, you know, a CJ or maybe a DT, Dan Thomas, he's got a, mm-hmm. a lot of reps in the secondary this year. Just really communicate with him. Uh, allowing them to slow it down and see exactly what I'm seeing since I've been here a while in the same system. Uh, Continuously just like talking to those guys. And, you know, since it's COVID, it's been a difficult circumstance of trying to get together and watch film. So kind of get on the iPads together and lock in and uh, do some film study like in that nature virtually. So really just communicating and seeing everything that I can see, like trying to push it off on them as well. Speaking of ways where communication is key, I know you're engaged to be married now, and communication will be key on that front, as you can imagine. But tell me about that a little bit, and how has that changed your perspective as you grow from a rookie to a older player, more mature person, if you will? Well, um, comparing like football to my relationship, communication is key in both aspects. 
And I know within my relationship with my fiance, you know, it's definitely got to be on the same page. Uh, can't really just be on two different pages or whatnot, you know. So just trying to be on the same page is just like lining up and playing a defense with everyone. If, if there's one guy that's not knowing what he's going to do, it's uh, probably going to be a bust and a big play to happen. So that's the same thing within a relationship. Gotcha. Just trying to be on the same page and uh, paying attention to the details and knowing one another. And the main reason I asked you that, obviously she's had a huge influence on how you've approached COVID. Uh, being a nurse at Mayo, maybe you're a little more in tune to all this than your teammates. How did that help you approach this? Have you talked to people in the locker room based on the information that you know from her? How big has that been for you in the last six, seven months? I think it's big from her standpoint, from just being a nurse and, um, really just being on the front lines with it, you know, just as a, I could say from that standpoint, it's more personal, but I think right. everyone in, in, in its entirety throughout this whole COVID season, the guys that didn't opt it out that decided that they were going to go along and play football. Um, I've been real, just like receptive to anything we could do to make sure we do not spread the virus. Mm -hmm. COVID is a big thing, man. It's over a million people that have been infected by it and, I don't know how many the death total in the U.S. now, but I know it's about 200,000, maybe even 250. So sure, just those numbers um, itself just speak. So I think everyone, including like myself, not because my fiance is a nurse or whatnot, have been really just receptive of the protocols that have been taking place and trying to get information, you know, to stop the, the spread of the virus. Did she make your decision to play easier or harder? Um, it was really just about taking them the needed precautions. It was never right. me, honestly, if I was going to suit up or not. There was a season going on. I definitely was going to play, but I just knew that um, there would be steps taken to protect myself first and foremost in my family. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I was not implying that she would make it harder on you in, in that sense. Yeah. I just meant the communication involved. Education is such a big part of how guys approach this. I assumed that she would help on that front. Going back to the beginning of your career, I know you've talked about this a lot, but undrafted guys who make it always fascinate me. How difficult, for fans who haven't heard you talk about this, how difficult was your road? And do you still feel like you're overcoming that all the time? Is that still a thing for you? Um, first and foremost, yeah, the road isn't easy. Uh, ideally, if you can be good enough to go first or second round, that would be ideal. <laughs> but um, you know, a lot of second chances for those guys, right? Yeah, so... <laughs> I mean, you fall where you may in a draft or if you go undrafted like myself. But the main thing is just don't give up. And uh, just throughout this whole entire process, it's just been a learning experience and you continuously just get better as you as you just go through your career. It's never easy. Um, each and every year I've had to fight to make the team, including this year. So I really think my mindset has never really been um, you're, you're a guy that's for sure on this ball club or for sure on this football team. So – I just really been taking that approach since I've been here, and uh, just I'm going, I'm in my fifth year now, and it's just uh, it's just been a process of just trying to understand how you fit within the whole scheme of things, and then then really just going from there, you know. Now you started the last two years, but yet you just told me that you feel like you're fighting to make the team. Is that something you tell yourself, or or that's just how you feel about the NFL? You're always fighting. I think that's how I feel about the NFL. Um, I mean, ideally, you got guys that may obviously may not get cut. I mean, you got Tom sure. Brady on your team or 
or, or you know, Aaron Rodgers, ideally they're going to be there. Um, but I feel like besides, you know, your your key guys, guys that you kind of could for sure, like, yeah, I don't see him going. Um, you never really know in this thing. You know, NFL is kind of not for long. You've heard that a long time. That's not cliche. Sure. So um, it's definitely not for long. And, yeah, in my opinion, I'm always fighting because it's just a performance-based league, you know. So you got to perform a certain way to continue to keep a job. Now I've got to think for a guy who is undrafted, like you said, take the approach that you take. Everybody's honored when they're a captain, but that had to resonate with you quite a bit being named a captain this year. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's really just um, first time, you know, captain is, is voted on upon your, like by my peers. So mm -hmm. um, it's really been the first time that I've been, I've been a team and been on teams and been, which you would consider a leader, but not truly like a captain in that sense. So just kind of just having that respect out of my teammates is pretty good. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's uh, just a blessing to be in a position and just honored to just, like I say, I try to communicate as much as possible, not just with my guys in the back end, but every young guy on the team, you know, if, if they ever need anything, I just always try to be open and uh, give my insight on anything I can. Fans who are listening to this, they care about Jared Wilson, but they also care about the Jags. Give them something, second half of the season, what are you seeing right now inside the locker room at practice that makes you believe this thing is going in the right direction? What are fans not seeing? What gives you hope? So just throughout the weeks, um, we've dropped seven games in a row, but I wouldn't say that uh, we haven't got better. I, th I honestly think you can get better within a loss within a week. So um, constantly throughout this thing, uh, we're – we're a young team, man. So uh, even with the losses we've taken, we've continuously just got better. And it's like chopping wood, you know. Um, we haven't reached that pinnacle of just getting that second win in the, in the um, season. But with no one in the in the locker room is discouraged about it or, or nothing like that. And we just come to work. We just got off the field today and just had a really good practice. It's really just like buying in and staying on the details. It's just the basis and fundamentals. You hear the same things over and over, and it can get monotonous. But kind of just sticking to it and honing in and um, eventually a W will come from that for sure. There's a difference when a team's sort of on at the decline rather than on the way up. It sounds from what you're saying that you feel like these guys are still, you know, it's still going in the right direction, I guess is what I'm getting at in terms of feeling, in terms of mood. I've heard from uh, people that, Hey, there's no fighting on the sidelines. This is a team that knows the direction. Yeah, man, um, we just, we've just been trying to work our way through it. There hasn't been any animosity, no um, disagreements, no guys turning on one another. Um, it's no players versus coaches. I think everybody's all in this right. thing, the cohesive group. And um, we're just trying to find a way to get a win for the Jaguars. It's not really no um, – yeah, no divide within the team. I love the team, honestly. I just like the, the relationship we have and the uh, ability that we have to communicate with one another. And we all care for one another. That's really key. Okay, the final thing we do, Jared, I call it the Ozone 5. The Ozone 5. Five. Five quick questions with you. Answer as quick or as lengthy as you want. We'll make it go fast. First question, what's your last binge watch? My last binge watch? It may be Snowfall. That's on FX. It's on Hulu. Snowfall. Okay. Um, Atlanta. 
Snowfall okay. or Atlanta with Childish Gambino. Gotcha. Um, also, I mean, I mean, they do Dave Chappelle, the Dave Chappelle show back on Netflix. So <laughs> that, that they did. That. Yeah. It's hard to turn away from that once you get going. Yeah. Last song on uh, your iPhone, your car. Last song you listened to before it came in this morning. On My Level by Wiz Khalifa and Too Short. Gotcha. Me too, by the way. Same thing. So this is a question specifically for you. Short hair, like you've got now, or dreads? Which do you prefer? Which do I prefer? Um, yeah, because you you went dreads for a long time here, right? Yeah, you know, with hair, I mean, it's just phases. It's not like I, I intended to kind of like plan out my hair or whatnot, but um, it's just kind of phases of me. Uh, you know, short hair now, kind of got the fro going right now, but last okay. year I had waves. Had dreads before that for about seven years, so uh, it's it's neither nor like neither or which one I prefer, but it's just like for me, my hair is about phases of me. You know, what I mean, I'm a little bit older now, so decided I wanted to go with a cut. Now I'm kind of rocking an afro. And then when I was in college, before I got to college, I decided to grow dreads. It's just phases for me. What sport would you have played if it hadn't been football? I mean, I played growing up. I played basketball. I uh, played uh, a little bit of baseball when I was younger, but uh, kind of was sold on football from day one. I really yeah. didn't look at another um, athletic path. I knew football was kind of for me. I played basketball though. Let me tell gotcha. it. Let me tell it. I'm I'm a ball player. You know, I, I can hoop. <laughs> now, final question. I know the answer to, but I'm give you. I'm gonna give you a chance to, to answer it. LeBron or MJ? This was a question all summer, but I know your answer, right? Yeah. Um, Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan, and it's no disrespect to him. I mean, God says the GOAT, perfectly fine with that. We can agree to disagree, but I'm rolling with LeBron. Yeah, absolutely. Now, that's not influenced by being from Akron now, is it? I mean, there may be some bias. There's some <laughs> bias in there for sure. You know, he's, uh, he's definitely a hometown guy. You know, he's from the crib, so... I can't go against him, but just honestly, I think his his um, over his whole entire career has just been uh, marvelous. He's been in his prime since he was like 18. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I'm not like a big like stat guy or whatever as far as knowing his stats, but he's been averaging like close to 27, 28 points since like year two, and he's in year 17, 18 now. So. You go with that. I mean, he's the all-time leader, and he'll finish probably all-time leader in playoffs and points, rebounds, assists, mm-hmm. steals, rebounds, uh, three-pointers made, whatnot. So, and he got four ships now. And you know, everybody throws the rings out there, but like rings are a team achievement. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan didn't win six rings. The Chicago Bulls won six rings. So, LeBron got four with three different teams. So it just goes on and on. But yeah, LeBron. He's not uh, done yet. Yeah, LeBron's my, he's my number one for sure. Jared, I appreciate you doing this. I always appreciate it on a busy week. You're taking the time. We'll look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks for being on the Ozone Podcast. Hey, no problem, man. Appreciate it. God bless. All right, buddy. Thank you. You too. Yep. I want to thank Jared, as we always do, for uh, guys who join us. We record this on Wednesdays on really their busiest day. Uh, so to take 10 or 15 minutes to uh, listen to my spiel and my shtick is is uh, probably above and beyond the Call of Duty form. So I appreciate it. 
Jared's a guy who, frankly, he's been around for five or six years, but as a reporter, as a guy who's in the locker room, I've talked to him a few times, but he hasn't been a guy that I've gotten to know all that well. He's quiet. He's a little reserved. And he, he frankly didn't play a major role until last year. But Dave, you know, good guy, a lot to say on a lot of topics. And I, a credit to him, I'm always fascinated by the undrafted free agent story. Some guys make it, but he really made it on a longer trek than a lot of UDFAs, meaning some UDFAs say, James Robinson, come in, they automatically make it another set in the league. He worked his way up special teams guy, special teams guy, special teams guy, then safety, then starting safety, now team captain. That's a long road. And as he said, I kind of get why he thinks he's still making the team every year. Yeah, it's probably a good mentality to have in the NFL. Um, but, yeah, no, super good guy, guy you root for when you're around the team, just uh, you know, a real good guy. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, his, his road was long, like you said. And uh, it's one of those things is uh, – it probably creates a little bit of character creates, you know, whatever you want to call it is that mentality of, Hey, I got to make it every year. I got to make it every, even when he's wearing the C on his chest and he still knows, you know, he's got to work and, and, and make, make this team. And it is being around, being on the field on game days and being around it. He's, you know, you could tell he's mm-hmm. a leader um, this year. I mean, he talks in the huddles when the DBs get to the sideline, he's talking to them. He's walking up and down the sideline. Um, you know, just got you root for, and uh, and it's just kind of funny to see where, you know, in our world, how how that grows, because it's because it's one of those those guys is you know, there's a lot of kind of undrafted free agents, uh, rookie free agents, you know, practice squad or whatever, and you see them around, and but you don't know them because there's not a whole, you know, there's not a whole lot of fan interest there from what we what right, we, so do. we don't talk to them a lot, and it's kind of funny as. So they don't talk to him a lot. And as they grow into their roles and now been around, like Avery Jones is another guy that kind of reminds me a lot of Jerry Wilson. It's like, and, and then you realize too, those guys are, you know, regular workman kind of mentality kind of guys. It's, you know, they're, uh, they're usually pretty good people when they're, they're hanging around for that long. Yeah. And there's an appreciation they have for the game often, you know, guys who are drafted early, don't really realize until the end of their careers, this is sort of football 101 or media 101, they don't really realize it can be taken away from them until it's almost taken away from them. And then, you, you know, you'll often see me and Prisco used to always talk, the guys at the end of their careers would always be a little nicer to the media than they were at the start of their careers because they sensed it ending. And that's sort of an aside. But, yeah, Jared's always been a good guy. And for fans who don't watch the safety position, I don't know that Jared's ever going to be a Pro Bowl guy. I don't know that he's going to be at that level because I don't know that the Jaguars are going to be good enough in the next couple of years. Who knows? But, you know, profile is often a thing that gets guys that sort of recognition. And he's not flashy. He's not a huge interception guy. But what he is is a, is a really, really good, solid safety, a pro who can make the calls back there, if he weren't on the Jaguars, he'd be playing for a lot of, for a lot of teams is my point right now on the defense. There's not, you know, there's some guys playing who you wonder because it's, it's a really undermanned defense. He's a good player. He's a solid professional, solid veteran. And when you talk to Todd Wash about him, defensive coordinator, he always has guys lined up, right? He's never going to make a mistake. He's always going to be in the right spot. You can always rely on him. 
You talk to his teammates about his leadership. Fifth-year guy, first year as a starter last year, he was already doing that. So a very intelligent player. And, again, this has been a struggling defense this year. There's no secret about that. But it struggled a lot more when he wasn't in the game because the communication, the ability to get guys lined up in the right spot, they depend on him. They're a better defense when he's in the game than when he's not this year. I think there's two plays that really kind of stick out for me with him. Uh, if you remember when we played in London against against uh, the Texans last year, and there was a long passing or catch and run, or maybe it was a long run, and Jared ran down yeah. the guy and knocked the ball out off the two-yard line. It was a touchback, yeah. and the game was over. But, but I mean, he was, you know, still putting in that effort, still going all out. And then the interception he had – against Houston there at Houston, right place. Yep. was at the right place when Sidney Jones tipped that ball. He was in the right place to get an interception and then ran all over the field to get as many yards as he could on the return um, to set the offense up. I think those are just kind of two plays that kind of let you know what kind of player and what kind of guy Jared is. Yeah, and I will close with this, Dave, and uh, fans can't see it, but Dave can see that behind me, on November 11th, there's a Christmas tree. So Jared's getting married. He doesn't realize that after a couple of years of marriage, this is what you're looking at, Dave. November 11th with the I tree know. up. You guys are completely skipping Thanksgiving. Uh, it, it, I mean, I'm not going to tell you, but, you know, the wife wanted to have this out on Labor Day. I had to fight her on that. So it, it, it's, it, it's quite a scene. At Christmas at the Ozone household day. <laughs> Growing up in my neighborhood, we had an older lady that lived on her street, and she left her Christmas tree up all year. And from, uh, whatever, from January through November, she would just throw a sheet over it. You guys could do the same thing. <laughs> I like that. Just throw know, a sheet over the Christmas tree. That would be easier for me. That would be. But. <laughs> it would be. I'm the one who always has to take it in and out. So, so that's what's waiting for Jared in about a year. So that's, uh, that's where it's coming. So anyway, on that a pathetic note of my life we'll end today's ozone podcast i want to thank dave Buchanan as always thank joe fortunato for making me sound better than i really am this one didn't suck dave so far i think we're about 11 of 12 on him not sucking we'll see you next week we'll see everybody next week on the ozone podcast